Welcome to Faster Please, the podcast. I'm your host, Jim Pethokoukas. Several times a month, I'll feature a lively conversation with a fascinating and provocative guest about how to make the world a better place through scientific discovery, technological innovation, and economic growth. You're also going to want to check out my Faster Please newsletter here on Substack throughout the week for fresh essays, Q&As, and stories from around the internet and around the world. This month, December 2022, marks the 50-year anniversary of when man last stood on the moon. NASA's Apollo missions were an awe-inspiring triumph of human achievement. But do people really care about space anymore? And should they? To discuss the wonder of space exploration, the virtues involved, and why robotic missions just aren't enough, I'm joined by Charles T. Rubin. Charles is a contributing editor at The New Atlantis, where he's published several excellent essays on space exploration, his latest being Middle Seat to the Moon in the Fall 2022 issue. He's also a professor emeritus of political scientists at Duquesne University and the author of several books, including 2014's Eclipse of Man, Human Extinction and the Meaning of Progress. Charles, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. In your New Atlantis essay, uh, you write that to make something routine is precisely to suck the wonder out of it, to make it uninteresting. In regards to space, space exploration, is it important that people have a sense of wonder to it? One, is it important to sort of maintain public support for government efforts? And is it important sort of a higher spiritual sense that we have a sense of wonder about like the vastness of the universe outside you know, our own little uh, pale blue dot of it? I think both of those are true, actually, and it applies not just to government space program efforts, but also now to to private uh, space program efforts. You know, the private ones obviously will operate in a, in a market environment. Uh, someday, I think it is hoped that such trips will not just be for immensely wealthy people, but it'll be, you know, for normally wealthy people. Uh, and they're going to have to have a reason to to want to go into space. And I think, uh, as is true in many, many circumstances of tourism, uh, it will be because there's something very cool and wondrous to be seen out there. And so that is certainly part of uh, part of any justification, an important part, it seems to me, for both uh, for private space efforts and, of course, public space efforts. There are going to be many different reasons why people will support or be against a government funded space program. But here also, I think that wonder plays an important role uh, in attracting some kinds of people to those efforts who would otherwise not be attracted. You know, the science of it, the technology of it, those are crucial things, but they're not going to appeal to everybody. But exploration and, you know, going where no uh, human being has gone before, uh, these are things that are going to have a broader appeal, I think. I wonder, even if we uh, uh, get to the point where it's maybe not common that people uh, you know, take a, a quick trip into almost space or even at, at the point where they're they can stay, have a vacation in orbit. I I still th I still think they're even even like you even if you know people who have done that and it's, you know, I think there's still be a. a a sense of wonder. Uh, I mean, I've I've done some traveling, probably a lot less traveling than some other people, but I'm pretty sure that you know, you know, when I, uh, you know, when I, when I go to 
to Italy or, you know, and see the Coliseum or if I went to Australia and saw Mount Uluru or so. I think even though I am not the first person to do that, and I know people have done that, I would still probably think those are pretty awesome. Yes, I, I, I certainly hope I certainly hope that that's true here. Perhaps um, it may be useful if I if I say something more about my concerns about routinization. Uh, I think that there are problems that will be faced as space travel gets more common and is is uh, is available to more people. Uh, that will be a wonderful thing in terms of the success of the technology, but it will potentially find we will potentially find ourselves in a situation where it's going to be like flying in an airplane to Australia or flying in an airplane to Italy. Um, I don't know how many people look out the window under those circumstances. Um, and yet here you are flying at an immense height with extraordinary vistas to be seen around you. And we simply take it for granted. Look, some of this, I began to think about some of this in the way I do uh, when I was going occasionally uh, into New York City from New Jersey. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a train ride that is known. Well, I can know for sure. It's not known for its natural beauty. Um, and I, I could look around me and see that, you know, people were doing almost anything other than looking out the window. Uh, but it's kind of an extraordinary ride. I mean, you know, you're passing through, you're passing through suburban America, you're passing through decaying industrial areas you're it's i mean there's just a lot to be seen there but of course it's just a train ride so who really is going to be looking uh looking too carefully at what's going on around them i'd like to see that in our space efforts we maintain that level of interest at all levels of the journey uh and I, again, I think that's going to be an important part of both commercial and uh, governmental success. Is is that possible? Is that just like an unavoidable downside? Something's going to become common. And there, there's always going to be a certain amount of people, yourself. I, I'm probably more like you in this. I'll, you know, I, I always think it's, you know, cool the first time I see a New York New York skyline or, you know, or, you know, you know taking a train, just seeing you know, how one little town might be different than like I'm I, I enjoy that. Uh, and some people don't, some people will get lost in their phones or naps. And that's just, that's just kind of way we are. You know, different people have different preferences. Yes. And that's fine. And in fact, that's, that's wonderful, but I don't think it's impossible to open a door that might otherwise be left shut. In other words, I think, I think these are outlooks that can be cultivated. They're outlooks that can be encouraged. Uh, I think I was fortunate uh, growing up. My folks took us on wonderful driving vacations. And when we started out was an era of uh, auto suspensions where car sickness was still a major concern. And so, you know, we were actively discouraged from reading in the car. And so, you know, we learned to pay attention to the to the landscape and my mother was a great one for pointing things out you know and and she she was never afraid to hide her own enthusiasm and uh, i didn't do such a good job with my kids who you know became readers in the car and i i kind of wish that were otherwise but you know i i probably could have done better again i think there are 
attitudes that can be cultivated, there are expectations that can be created that will perhaps allow more people rather than fewer to appreciate the wonders of 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 space flight. Um, you were you were saying that it reminded me of a a book uh, by the uh, Nobel laureate Edmund Phelps called Mass Flourishing, and toward the end of the book. Talks a little bit about you know about schools, and he's worried that we're not creating entrepreneurial in the broadest sense of the word, risk-taking, adventurous children. Are we creating with our current education system, do you think, the kind of people who can have a real sense of awe, a, sen- a sense of wonder at what they see out of a out of a a window on a on a spacecraft or a space hotel? You know, that that sounds like a last chapter I very much need to read, but uh but I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think there are multiple tendencies in contemporary American culture that 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 readily point us uh, in directions that are in directions that are not healthy. My hope would be something like this: that a serious, active, adventurous, risk-taking space program could serve something of the same function going forward in our time as that extraordinary less than a decade served uh, in the 1960s when the United States was on its way to the moon. Um, that really was inspiring. Uh, it, it was, it was, and, it, and I don't know, I look back on it, I think it's, it's it's amazing, right? You know, it took so short a time from the speech, the Kennedy speech, to having people on the moon, um, and 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 people responded to that. It seems to me, frequent listeners uh, will know they'll know I love the TV show for all mankind. Uh, and for those who uh, have not watched it, it's sort of a the, it's an alt history show where the space race sort of never ends. The U.S. and the U.S. we just we just keep racing, and it has all kinds of interesting side effects. And I remember, I think it was the end of season three, and it's at the very end. It flash forwards, spoilers. It flash forwards uh, to the early '90s, and what you see is you see this you know, Martian vista, and then you see then you see an astronaut's boot take a step on that Martian vista. But there's some people they they don't get a thrill out of that. They think fine, uh, build you know build your space factories and space hotels and space stations. But anything beyond that, just send robots, send robots to the moon, send robots to Mars, do your exploration that way. So, you know, certainly you could do I guess some exploration more cheaply if it was just robots. Uh, is it is it worth the risk to, to be sending people certainly beyond the moon? So again, I I, I want to acknowledge your point and say, yes, there, there are people who simply aren't going to find any kind of appeal in this and that's okay. I just would like to see a situation where those whose, you know, whose heartstrings can be plucked by this sort of thing uh, are, can express it that way and can understand themselves that way. And that, you know, and that, for example, NASA perhaps be a little more forthright in uh, in stressing the adventurous and the risk taking part of of its program, um, you know, rather than as it has been in the past, tending to downplay uh, downplay the risk. I'm not talking about making things more risky. I'm talking about 
I'm talking about in, admitting the risks that are actually there. Well, let me interrupt because you, you have, I, we mentioned a, a current essay, but you had another one, which was great. The case against the case for space. Uh, so I'm quickly going to read uh, a, a few sentences from it. We should want heroes, but heroism requires danger. That many profess shock when the idea was floated that early Mars explorers might have to accept that they would die on Mars is a sign of how far we miss the real value of our space enterprise as falling within the realm of the noble and the beautiful. It would be better to return in triumph to age and pass away gracefully, surrounded by loved ones and admired by a, spec, uh, a respectable public, but to die on Mars, to say on Mars what Titus Oates said in the waste of Antarctica, I'm just going outside and me be sometime, would be in its own way a noble end, a death worth commemorating beyond the private griefs that all of us will experience and cause. That 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 is a... It seems to me that is a countercultural notion right now, that it's worth it. There's worse things to die than in that pursuit. It, it, it is a countercultural notion, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's worth trying to. Um, and, and by the way, thank you for that. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Uh, I've quoted that passage and various things. Around. I just love it. But, you know, we can we can work towards creating a world where it is at least not as unusual as it might be today, where, again, I mean, I, I, I think there is, to some extent, um, a kind of natural appeal of heroism, a natural admiration of risk-taking. And, you know, we can work to, to bring that out with respect to the space program. And yes, of course, we should we should pride ourselves on the fact that we are not expending lives lightly and that we do everything we can to 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 you know to to bring our astronauts back. But there also has to be a recognition that you know that it isn't always going to work that way and just because lives will be lost that does not in any way diminish the value or the meaning of of the enterprise. We have this, quote unquote, billionaire space race, you know, Jeff yeah. Bezos, Elon Musk, Richard Branson. They all seem to have very different goals. Uh, Musk and Bezos particularly, I think, have a far more expansive vision uh, of what they're trying to do than somebody like Richard Branson. But they're certainly describing what they're doing differently. Uh, Elon Musk ta has talked about again the multiple. We're going to be a multi-planetary civilization. You know, you know, have colonies on, uh, have a colony on Mars, and uh, Bezos does not talk, tend to talk like that. He talks about uh, very much, you know, creating an orbital economy. You know, moving heavy industry into orbit. Uh, a, a much more grounded, uh, a much more grounded description. And I and I and I wonder if like Bezos does that particularly because that he, maybe that he just wonders like how much interest do people really have uh in 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 space exploration i'm not sure i'm not, I'm not sure what my question is but it certainly seems like they've taken different stances and i'm wondering if, they, if there's an underlying concern that uh that we just even though we love science fiction films that there's just not that kind of interest in space i in a way i think that the the fact that interest in space is limited is actually uh, uh, something which uh, which uh, Elon Musk's vision accommodates better than uh, Jeff Bezos's vision. Uh, I mean, Jeff Bezos does uh, imagine 
vast numbers of, of, of people moving up into those orbital colonies such that the Earth is significantly depopulated uh, largely for the sake of ecological integrity, right? Um, you know, that, that presumes a huge interest uh, in people moving into space and to my mind, frankly, a, 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 a quite an unrealistic. Um, but, you know, what is, what is Musk talking about? Musk is talking about something that we know well, I understand uh, from that book I criticized that there are problems in analogizing earthly exploration to space exploration, but there are still similarities. Um, you know, we're talking about sending a small number of people on our behalf for the sake of exploration, for the sake of adventure, for the sake of the expansion of knowledge. Uh, you know, that that can be done with a relatively smaller constituency uh, than a vision like Bezos's, which requires just about everybody somehow to buy to buy into it. So I think that even when we start talking about colonization of of Mars, as uh, as Musk likes to talk about, uh, even that, you know, that can be a minority taste. And yet still lay the groundwork for extraordinary possibilities of a human future. Uh, William Shatner recently uh, did a, a quick jump into space and back with Jeff Bezos. And there's a lot of attention paid to his reaction. And William Shatner said uh, after his you know, trip into space, um, the contrast between the vicious coldness of space and the warm nurturing of Earth below filled me with an overwhelming sadness. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt like a funeral. Uh, what do you make of that reaction? I think that his unstudied reaction immediately following the flight, and I, I think what you're quoting are, is, is, is a later reflection mm -hmm. on his experience. Uh, I, I think that was more telling. Uh, I mean, he was, you know, whether or not there was an element of sadness he was moved to an extraordinary extent by his experience. Right. And, and I, th I think that's, that's appropriate. And of course, people are going to be moved in different ways. And he is certainly entitled to reflect back on his experience and put a much darker tone on it subsequently than he put on it at the time. There was some of that in, in what he said at the time. But, you know, I, I, I think he's, he, he, his vision has gotten darker uh, over the course of the last months. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, people aren't all going to be moved to the same. I mean, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, I, you know, I was, you know, I, I love the idea of space exploration, and that, I mean, that did not bother me at all. I mean, to me, yes, it made me appreciate Earth, maybe think about, yeah, we have, you know, we have to make sure like Earth works right now because we there's no place for us to go. So yeah, I, I can understand sort of you know that and. And then thinking about Earth and are we taking care of it enough? I, I, that's totally fine. I, I don't think that I don't think it means that we shouldn't explore space and try to go out there. But to me, that's a totally uh, that's a totally reasonable reaction, and maybe also a reaction I might have if I was, you know, in my nineties and probably thinking more about you know having probably far fewer days ahead than behind. Yes, yes, that's a nice point. Are there are there books, TV shows, movies, science fiction that you think pre present thoughtful visions about space or even about the the future of space exploration, the future in general. Well, let me let me mention two things. 
Uh, I haven't gotten nearly as deeply into For All Mankind as you have, but I'm enjoying it tremendously. <laughs> the, the show that I, I, I love it so much that I haven't been able to bring myself to watch yet the last few episodes is The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it is actually a, a, a very thoughtful and compelling vision of a future. Lord knows, in some ways, it's a terrible future. I don't want to do a lot of spoilers, but uh, but but nonetheless, I think it it sort of has the root of the matter in it uh, that, you know, this is this is what a human future in space looks like. And there are going to be heights and there are going to be depths. And but the opportunities for new venues in which to experience those kinds of heights and depths, uh, there's going to be something extraordinary about it. The other uh, thing I, is, go ahead, please. No, the, the, there's this wonderful uh, coffee table book. Um, it's called Apollo Remastered mm-hmm. by a photographer named uh, Andy Saunders. And he has uh, taken uh, some familiar and some hitherto unseen NASA footage and processed it using oh, great. modern techniques. And so the, the, the pictures are beautiful in themselves. But he also, he's done interviewing of some of the surviving astronauts. He has, I think, a wonderful eye uh, and ear for the adventures, uh, the, the ad- adventuresome aspect of space exploration. And he gets some astronauts talking and commenting on things which, you know, I was a little surprised to hear, made me think differently about some of those Apollo astronauts that I had up to that time. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's it, it, it's a lovely book visually and and uh, also just quite quite stimulating in terms of its its vision of what of what was actually going on uh, among the astronauts of that period. Just since you you mentioned the expanse and it's it's a, a show I really like um, and uh, I've uh, I've written a little bit about it and uh-huh. I got into a little bit of a, a back and forth with. Uh, People, because I see, because I described it as a future optimistic show, and people are like, "How? Like, how could you say that?" There's, there's still conflict and war, and there's inequality. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, because we're human beings, and whether we have, you know, fusion drives, that's going to be there. My idea of a better future isn't about creating a race of perfect, you know, near gods. It's, it's that we keep going on. I mean, when I think about how much conversation is about ecological destruction of the earth and and you know that we're, we're not going to have a future they have a show that says yeah a lot of things went wrong but we're still here we you know uh like in the expanse it's clear there's been a lot there's been climate change i think there's a giant seawall <laughs> protecting new york right there are problems and we solve problems and maybe our solutions cause more problems but then we'll solve those and you know we just keep moving forward Humanity keeps expanding and we and we keep surviving. And that's pretty good to me. That's 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 my kind of future optimism. Not and as much as I love Star Trek, I don't require a an optimistic future to be one where. There's absolute abundance, no poverty. Uh, you know, we we all get along all the time. I think that that's beautifully observed. I agree. A hundred. I agree. A hundred percent. I mean, look. I don't think I would like to live on the Mars of the Expanse, right? I don't think it's my kind of place exactly. A lot of uh, tunnels. You're living in a lot of tunnels. I'm but sorry. Bobby, right? Yeah. Bobby is just an extraordinary person 
and 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 to and and to see that kind of you know she's very martian but she isn't she isn't entirely limited by her martianness right i mean she's so competent and capable and just admirable in 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 all these ways which you know a future person one hopes would would turn out could turn out to be admirable you know so that's yeah that that's very beautiful and yes there are terrible traitors on mars traitors to humanity <laughs> so as far as we get, on mars too but just as you say, this is, this is a, a, it allows us to continue to lead human lives in these new and extraordinary settings and stretches. Uh, if, if that were to be the future, it stretches our capacities, it stretches our minds, it challenges us in ways which I think are, are, are good for us. Charles, I now realize I've left us about 12 hours too little uh, to actually have this conversation. Uh, so we're going to have to have you back. Uh, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. It's been delightful. Thank you. <laughs>